always edit. Yeah. Welcome to season two, episode 25 of the IntelliCast podcast, brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. My name is Adam Jolly. Joining me as always is my co-host, Brian Lamar. Hey, Adam. How's it going? Baller. It's been great. Joining me also, friend of the podcast, I think it's like your fifth or sixth appearance. Oh, we're getting close to double digits. Yeah, we're, we're approaching it. Yeah, it's Adam Dietrich. What up? Good afternoon, Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited you're here, obviously. <laughs> always a warm reception from the IntelliCast crowd. Right. That's right. Uh, as always, IntelliCast is brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, EMI underscore research, IntelliCast1 on Twitter. My own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly. If you'd like to email us for any uh, podcast ideas, if you want to be a guest, if you want to have a rant, if you want to have a Mount Rushmore, that is IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Adam, you're here for big news. Always. Um, and so we're announcing today, actually we've announced it last week, but like sort of. we're cementing it today that you have a new podcast coming to the uh, IntelliCast Podcast Network. Talk to us about it. Yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, we are kind of taking the all the appearances that I've done here on IntelliCast and kind of turning them into a, uh, a semi-weekly uh, every every few weeks. That's what semi-weekly means? Semi-annual sale? Bi-weekly? Bi-weekly. Exactly. Yeah, bi-weekly. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. semi-weekly does mean partial weekly, but then like semi-sweet chocolate, it's not sweet. Periodic. All right. Nobody did on that one. All right. <laughs> uh, so every couple of weeks, what we're going to do is uh, a podcast about the uh, the intersection of market research, you know, this little industry we work in, and politics, polling, public opinion, a lot of the stuff that we've discussed here on on my appearances. It's awesome. That's going to lead up to the 2020. Yep, yep. It's uh, we're going like I said every every couple of weeks going into uh into the you know the primaries and then also and obviously into the general following later next year. Uh, what we're going to do is have some some uh, some weekly segments that are pretty similar to those here with uh you know things like your your Mount Rushmores, keeping an eye on the news. We're really going to explore the uh, the intersection of like I said. Uh, how research is, is adopting and moving deeper into uh, politics and polling and all that good stuff. I love it. And the name of that podcast is <laughs> Pole Dancing. Yep. <laughs> do we don't have a name yet, do we? We have been batting around names for yeah. months now. Uh, pole Dancing is not one on the short list, I'll be honest. A pole Party is. Pole, pole party. party. Yeah, I came up with that this morning. That okay. was good, right? Pole Party, because there's two there. Pole and Party. Oh, party we get thing. it. Yeah, it's a quadruple it's a entendre. Yeah, it's a double pun. <laughs> no, but what we're gonna do is have uh, is you know, we'll keep the fun of that you guys have the uh, not so self serious nature, uh, but also kind of take a snapshot of the stuff that uh, you know, like I said, that's moving on in between MR and, and politics. We'll have guests on a weekly basis. We'll be checking out polls, all that kind of stuff. You won't hear uh, debate analysis or campaign, uh, you know, horse race kind of stuff. Who's winning? Who's losing? Uh, but we, what we will talk about is, you know, how, how polls are being collected, what kind of new methodologies are coming in and all that good stuff. I love it. Um, I'm excited about the podcast. Uh, you got some guests lined up, right? We do. We do. Good. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited. What we're going to try to do is kind of check four boxes, right? Uh, so we've got the media side of, of politics and market research interactions, interacting. So think of your, uh, you know, your, your New York Times, your Politico, the places that are publishing 
um, political polling and, and public opinion studies. Uh, we're going to try to knock out both sides of the aisle uh, when it comes to campaign specific stuff, voter file match stuff. So uh, we've got a Republican and a Democrat lined up for the within the first month. And then also the uh, the academic kind of data heavy uh, side of things as well. And and my my big uh, emphasis there is trying to talk to the people that have kind of been uh, the slower stick in the mud type folks that have, are from the APOR crowd and yeah. kind of understand where they are in the progression towards online, towards, you know, all of these different methodologies that kind of differentiate from just four years ago. I hear you. I'm pretty excited about it, Adam, and I can't wait. By the way, if you need some guests, Adam and I can join. We had a very successful segment not too long ago about the Australian election. <laughs> so, once you go global, it gets really challenging. And, you know, Adam and I are – well, this is perfect for you because Adam and I, we goof off about politics and public opinion stuff. But this is really your passion. And so I, I said this last week. This is going to be so much better than this podcast. I think it's really going to take off. So I'm happy for you. Don't no, you guys definitely will be guests when I need uh, an analysis of the the different hairstyles at the the next debate. I will, you will be the first person I call Brian. Don't worry. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, a little bit of Pete, uh, Mayor Pete wearing brown shoes last night. Come oh, on, man, geez. no brown in town. Know what I'm talking about? Oh my I hear you. Uh, so this is a spinoff of the IntelliCast podcast, and that leads us right into our Mount Rushmore. Oh, let's do it. Best spinoffs. This is good, right? Think about all the spinoffs in time. We were just earlier today. We we're talking about Happy Days and yeah. all the spinoffs that came off of Happy Days. So we'll start off. Everybody's got their lists. Brian. You go first. First, I went the TV show. I went with The Simpsons. Little known fact that The Simpsons is a spinoff of The Tracy Ullman Show. If you're old like me, you used to watch The Tracy Ullman Show. She was great. Simpsons has a little minor part in it, and it's still going today. Like The Simpsons started really when the Fox Network started. That's how long that show's been on TV, so it's, it's my number one. Yeah, my number uh, is uh, Family Matters. A spinoff of Perfect Strangers. It takes yeah. place in Chicago. Um, as my mom would call it, Urkel. Yeah. <laughs> so she calls that show. That's, uh, yeah, no, that's appropriate. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, my number one is a little idea uh, that we commonly refer to as America. <laughs> uh, the the spinoff from our tyrannical British rulers. <laughs> that bad? Yeah. We haven't attacked Britain in at least two episodes. So yeah, yeah, I think it's Throw good. them out there. Well, then what spinoff has America had? Liberia, Guam, <laughs> Guam, yeah, Guam, <laughs> U.S. Virgin Islands, yeah, Puerto Rico, kind of the Johnny Lestrade, Alaska, is. yeah, <laughs> eh, that's not bad. Uh, go again, we'll go snake. Um, my second one is uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, how dare you? Yeah, see, I knew we had a um, Cleveland Browns fan here uh, <laughs> that hasn't won a title in forever, and I thought this is a good opportunity to point that out. They did win titles. The, the Baltimore Ravens did, yeah. 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 Heck yeah. Heck, heck of a franchise. Well, I mean, yeah. Four years after they left Cleveland. Yeah. It's a good team name, too, like with the Edgar Allan Poe reference. Oh. I mean, go Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Seriously. What a name. What a, what a franchise. Like, I mean, uh, the pinnacle of professionalism. I just. All the famers. Oh, how crazy amounts. Crazy I amounts. would say, like, there would be a, there's a point in time where if you could put. The Baltimore Ravens in, in like some kind of celebrity basketball game against the Louisville University of Louisville basketball game, and then like something tragic happened to the building. No tears from this guy. 
I hate the Baltimore Ravens are my most hate. The only really NFL team I hate. Yeah. Um, and I hate anybody that ever goes and plays for, I used to be like an Eric Weddle guy. I thought he was okay. Yeah. yeah. No, hate him. Gone with him too. Yep. All right. Never could get behind Jamal Lewis when he went to the Browns because he came from Baltimore. Yeah. Lamar Jackson. Don't even get me started. <laughs> All out. Oh my goodness. Wow. Um, the yeah, that's up there. like the most lovable young player in the right. NFL. Nope. <laughs> Trash okay. box. That's what I say. Okay. All right. um, okay. Go ahead, Brian. Oh, me. I'm going to go with CNN headline news. Um, I loved the CNN in its original days. Oh, Great. Yeah. Oh, they were an innovator. And then. Let's put a camera everywhere. CNN headline news came out, and you can get the days worth of news in like 10, 15 minutes. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Robin Mead, man. Don't yeah. forget about her. Number She's two. My airport wife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, my number two is the cheesy gordita crunch from Taco oh, Bell. That's an awesome one. Great spinoff of the. It's kind of a mix between a taco and a gordita. Uh, it's amazing. It's something I order every time I go to the Taco Bell, and uh, that's my that's my number three. I'll go again, and I'll go with the CFL, the Canadian Football League, oh, yes. as a spinoff of the NFL. Um, just weird. The lo- bigger end zones, you can score one point if you kick it too far. Um, the cool team names, the yeah. CFL is my style. Wow. I can't believe you had that in your top. Do I go again? Well, yeah. Yeah. It's my, it's the sports league. I would like to recognize as being the best spinoff. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going to go with cherry Coke. Love it. Can't get enough cherry Coke. That's really good. That is, a, that yeah. is actually a really good one. Um, at some point, this podcast is probably a perfect forum for you to break down your favorite flavors within the, what is the Coca-Cola freestyle? freestyle. Oh, yeah. The mellow yellow peach. Yeah. If yeah. it sounds bad, anybody listening, all mom, dad, uh, you, you should try it. Uh, my final is uh, Stephen Colbert. The oh, Colbert, that's a good The one. Colbert show, yeah. you know, all the whole, the whole gimmick, everything. Awesome. You have one more. Uh, I wrote down Joey. <laughs> Cool. Let's just skip over. <laughs> Good, right. My last one. And I think this is a spinoff. Um, the Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit. I think they started the breakfast later. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The chicken biscuit at Chick-fil-A is just the king of all breakfast sandwiches as far as I'm concerned. That's my last one. And my last one is a Labradoodle. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Which is a spinoff of a Labrador and a poodle. That's awesome. A Labrador and an adorable dog that is very allergenic uh, and also kind of dumb. So Labradoodle. Yeah. Nice. You want to go Everglades worst spinoffs? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Dietrich, what do you got? Just start labeling some off did bad you, spinoffs. Did you not hear me just say Joey? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go ahead. Um, here's mine. Society Bengals, clearly one of the worst spinoffs of all time. Yeah. Any gimmick pop tart. You know I hate gimmicks. So there's like red velvet, confetti cupcake, hot fudge. It's all a bunch of crap. Yeah. It's on there. Um, obviously, you have to mention Johnny Loves Chachi, and I put Canada in there just in general. It's just a really bad spinoff of America. Yeah, um, yeah, Canada is a spinoff. Yeah, without us, it would still be the wild frontier up there. <laughs> right. Yeah, when did Canada become a company, a country? I don't know, like it was fifties, nineteen forty-eight. About the same time we bought Hawaii and Alaska. You're right. They were like, oh, we don't want that. You can get your own thing together. Keep putting the Queen's face on your money. <laughs> right. Um, you know what? Uh, I don't have a lot of bad spinoffs. So we went through the Laverne and Shirley, the Joni Loves Chachi, the Things for Happy Days. Um, wasn't Cheers had a spinoff? Um, hey, Frasier was a spinoff yeah. of Cheers. Wow, I forget what. I would never say that's the worst one. That should have been my best one. I didn't know that. It's better than Joey. I think Woody Harrelson had a spinoff of Cheers too that was really bad. 
Really? Yeah. Uh, Real House. All the Real Housewives after Orange County are pretty bad. Yeah. What about what differentiates a franchise here? Like, like uh, Fast and the Furious. Like number nine is a. It's not a spinoff. It's not a spinoff. Shaw and Hobbs is a spinoff. Or like Tokyo Drift. No, because that's actually number two, isn't it? No, I think that's a separate. No, it's the same franchise. They just went out. That's number three. Tokyo Drift. Wow. Hold on. My (laughs) mind just exploded with the knowledge of Fast and Furious from producer Brian. He's just like confidently nodding silently, holding up three fingers. He was very cocky with that. Tokyo Drift is number three. Wow. He's right. He's right. It was Too Fast, Too Furious, and then Tokyo Drift. Who Was Tokyo Drift Tyrese and Luda? Luda. And Bow Wow. And Bow Wow. Yes. And that's because and they couldn't get Ben wouldn't take the money. And then he came back. And then he came back. Uh, Lucas Black is actually the star. He's not in any of the other ones. It's like set in the future or in the past. I don't know. Oh, it's the now one. we don't know. <laughs> and now, oh, I don't know. Why are you asking me? I've never seen any one of them. Huh. Can't believe Han died. That's <laughs> <laughs> really good. Spoiler alert. Man, you got that. Uh, kind of shocked when we were mentioned best spinoffs that nobody mentioned women as a spinoff <laughs> of man. Here we gave the rib. All right. Let's go to uh, – No comment here for – yeah, I'm talking friends. best spinoff. I didn't say worse. Yeah, best spinoff women. Yeah, yes. I think that's what we were – okay. So we talked about that before the podcast. I think we got caught up that I was going to make it a negative thing. It's the best spinoff ever. Thanks, women. In the interpretation of Genesis. My son. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, market research news. Let's jump into it. Um, Heck of a segue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, the Insights Association um, has established a Canadian council to offer networking, training, and conferences for market research to our northern friends. Uh, so this is a result of the Canadian market research arm uh, kind of ceasing uh, last year, I guess 18 months ago. Um, and now they've been uh, kind of looking for some kind of organization to come through, and the Insect Association has found it through. So uh, really cool, right? Yeah. Awesome to have that type of representation for our Canadian friends and a lot of research that goes on um, north of the border. Um, people like Maru and Delvinia or Methodify um, are measure protocol friends. Uh, so Brian, what does this mean to the industry? Um, all jokes aside, you know, this is a perfect opportunity for us to make a lot of Canadian jokes, which we typically do. But all jokes aside, this is a good move. Um, go Insights Association, because I think that a lot of the organizations that were kind of helping Canada with all of this kind of fell apart a little bit the last few years. And it was a quick rebound. I get a lot of this news from Annie Pettit, honestly, from mm-hmm. LinkedIn. Who's, yeah. She's super into this. I think she's led a lot of this. And so... Um, Canada obviously has you know a lot of buying power, needs a lot of market research. As producer Brian mentioned this morning, over thirty million people there, and as Adam mentioned, a lot of our friends are based there. Um, so they really need. I mean, there's the landscape of sampling in market research is going through a lot of changes. So the Insights Association doing this, getting a council and putting some effort behind it, I think is an outstanding thing. That's how I feel. For sure. I totally agree. I also was excited that um, this year, APOR had their conference in, in Toronto, and they basically just at the, the kind of regional <coughs> portion of the night, uh, one of the nights where, you know, you go and, and associate with your, you know, your regional chapter, they 
basically to set out a table and a sign-up sheet for a new, I don't know if it was Toronto-specific or Ontario-specific or even if it was Canada nationwide, but within a few hours, they had a huge, uh, huge group, and I've seen some emails since then saying that they're going to establish something as well, so uh, definitely moving in the right direction. It's kind of crazy if you think about the history of, like, you know, some of like some huge names in market research come from come from our friends to the north. Absolutely. So I'm I'm glad that people are getting their act together. And they, they included insights leaders from McDonald's and Mondelay, Cantar, Edelman. So they got some good brands behind it. So yeah. that hopefully hopefully means they'll get some funding to really support some for you know, sure conferences or meetings and all kinds of stuff. That's awesome. Uh, a little bit more news. I'm kind of lump these in together. So revenue of some of the top MR firms, people are starting to report some of their quarterly revenues and people like Ipsos, Nielsen, and others are reporting that revenues are up so far. Uh, another thing is that Ipsos announced the revenue is up 14.9% um, for 2019 compared to the first six months of 2018. Um, this kind of leads us back to what we were talking about last week, right? The money that seems to be flowing into market research. This is a little bit different because like last week we were talking about the upstarts, right? And private equity getting put into it. Um, some things like how, how does it benefit the little guys? But this is more giant talk. Um, anything to add, Brian, about this? This is good news, right? Yeah, this is absolutely good news. I always a little bit skeptical when they release results because sometimes results could be based upon acquisitions or um, they sold off some parts, which we know this happened with Ipsos in the past couple of years. But I'm going to take it at face value. If they've grown 15% year over year, that is great. Um, that's great for our industry. That's usually kind of a bellwether for how, the, you know, Cantar, Ipsos, Nielsen, GFK, those are the big ones. If they're growing double digits, that is an outstanding sign for the rest of us. So I'm hoping that, that they put that towards innovation and towards improving the industry and kind of lifting us up. So I think that's great. I agree. Uh, let's jump into our rant. We got a rant this week. Brian, you got one? Oh, I have a rant. All right. Let's give it. Hey, do you have a rant, Dietrich? You want to talk about something bad? I would love to. All right. Let's go Brian first. Okay. Mine is basically a general topic of airport etiquette. So I'm fortunate to go to a lot of conferences the past few months, traveled quite a bit. And in general, this has been a problem that's beginning worse and worse and worse. And it's the entire aspect of the airport in general. Um, from boarding the plane, when everybody gets up and just stands by the gate, regardless of what level they're in. And then you have like 19 different um, groups of people getting in, which I think that, you know, I, I agree with like families and people that maybe have some disabilities should get on first. But it's just a race to get on the plane and get that overhead space. And people are so rude getting on the plane. Getting off the plane is pretty even worse when the people are selfish and they're running up to the front of the plane, you know, when it's not their aisle, their rose turn. And then the worst is luggage baggage claim when there needs to be a better process with baggage claim when everybody just crowds you can't yeah. get your luggage. You have to you have to take somebody out right. in order to get your own luggage. When I think there's a process that airports can implement where there's like a, a four-foot no-go zone maybe where you only get into that zone if yeah. your luggage is there. It's like a bar at it. Yeah. Like that's, you, that's the service area. Yeah, all you yeah. need is a piece of tape. Yeah. And then there's the process. That's my kind of rant. Now, so we've talked about I want to focus on luggage claim because I have numerous times yeah. voiced to you how I believe that is the most acceptable to theft area of the United States. <laughs> yes, we've talked about like this. how are people not just like stealing luggage at all times? Yeah. No one's watching you. You can just walk up and grab a bag and walk straight out and get in your car and you're out. Right. How often have you seen just one bag? There's just one bag going around that's clearly been going around for right. like just hours. Take, right? just take, take it. Take bag and run. Yeah, that's mine. Are there, are there any places in American society where there are more cameras than an airport? Who's going to stop you? Who's claiming it? Somebody eventually, right? 
I think you have to go in with some sort of disguise, but they can be done. Yeah. Okay. All right. What do you, and, and what's, what an Uber. by the way, okay. And so let's say, let's say, let's say after this, we take a little, little, little field trip down to the, the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky. Yeah. Airport. I'm ready for international. I'm ready international for fevery right now. Let's say, let's say we steal, we each steal a bag. The three of us steal a bag yeah. right now this afternoon. Yeah. What is the maximum value of selling all of said contents of these three bags? I'm not selling stuff. I'm just getting it for me. I need new luggage. Yeah. Okay. I need a nice bag. And then like, I think I can judge the contents inside based on the outside bag. Yeah. I'll be like, Ooh, dad got a new shirt. Okay. All right. By the way, I heard last week there's a store, I think it's in Huntsville, Alabama that takes all the old luggage and they sell it. So at two o'clock they open it all, and you can like you can like enter to open the luggage. Is it, this is like storage work, like storage, like, kind of like that only yeah. luggage. And it's an actual store that you can buy the contents of a luggage. You can buy the clothes. You can buy. There's all kinds of things. Let's go. Yeah. I actually want. I kind of want to go. I do. I do. We'll do the space center. We'll do everything. Oh man, <laughs> some of that white Alabama sauce that they can put on barbecue. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. Man, this is great. Uh, the other part we've talked about like. Uh, like a priority system with luggage. So there is like a sky priority with luggage. I think United has something. Oh. Uh, some people do where like you, your luggage gets off the plane first. Oh, really? But I would definitely pay for a higher service like that. Well, or like an in total service. Like if I was traveling somewhere and I could do like add 200 bucks to my ticket and there is a car service waiting there for me and my bag is the first one off the plane, like some kind of expedited off the plane because really yeah. it seems like once you get off the plane the airport doesn't care about you anymore yeah. you know like you're done but like some kind of expedited service to get out that might be nice like the opposite of clear yeah clear on yeah. the back end well, yeah clear back end <laughs> well back to your point about there should be priority of luggage i think that's one of the best parts of our society where there is no class system like yeah. first in first off the plane I, I love that. We recently traveled with someone who was really complaining about this, that they were in first class. I upgraded. They should have got their luggage first. And, you know, I was kind of happy to kind of, like, get my luggage before they did. Yeah. Any thoughts on this? <laughs> nah. Nah, I, I'm, I'm not not going to go there. So I do, podcast. Well, yeah, exactly. I've got my own form of professionalism and <laughs> yeah. uh, and whatnot. But, um, no, I, I before going into my rant, I like that you picked something that is as popular as airline travel to, to rant against. Uh, and so that segues perfectly into mine, uh, my rant against media. Um, oh, here we go. Another easy topic, easy target. I feel like this is going to be deep. No, it's not. It's really not. It's really not that deep. My rant is in the last week, we've had uh, the, the special counsel Mueller hearings. Yeah. We had uh, the the first night of the Democrat debate, Democratic debate last night. And yeah. there's another one tonight. Um, we are using the word optics and <laughs> analyzing the way things are going to play yeah. more than we ever have as a society. And it's a it's bad for market research. Yeah, because. You know, you hear all the time about, you know, people are getting these these verbatims and open ends where they're saying things like, well, I like his policy on X, but I don't know how it'll play with Y. Instead of just being like a normal voter and saying, I like her policy on X, right? Everyone's a pundit now. So that that part of it is is frustrating. The next part of it is we immediately last week on 
regardless of, you know, if you want to say this channel's left, this channel's right, they both, all of them were doing it. Yeah. As soon as Mueller got done, they were talking about the optics of a guy who wrote a 400 page report, uh, you know, and all these different things immediately, not saying, yeah. not regurgitating or kind of summarizing, doing what news is supposed to do. They were talking about the, the optics of how this is going to work for Democrats and Republicans and for if you're a Trump voter, it's a good day, all this kind of stuff. And the part that really frustrates me is that there's kind of this assumption now from political media that like somebody else is doing original reporting and mm -hmm. telling and giving me a, a business professional that didn't get to spend six hours watching Robert Mueller, like giving me a summary of what happened yeah, and that I'm now going to this other reporter and listening to what they think the view of it should be. Yeah. And that just doesn't exist. Like right. we literally just jump into reactions rather than like summarization. And it's really frustrating. That's that's a really good rant. I, I like the agree. end of that rant. It was really good. Yeah. Just a little feedback. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I good. love yeah, the end of that thing though. Like there is no like original content. Everything is opinion-based edit. Like there is no like spin free right. type solution. Yeah, and so, I'm not, like, I'm not even saying like unbiased it? news reporting, like just, just a like a, yeah, a summary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. like a lead. Like if you go back and like um Everybody, you're probably, you guys probably only took like a journalism class in college, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And it was just like how to take a lead, how to write a headline, how to like just put things on and then just not put anything else. Right. You know, it's like right. a box score. Right, right. right. You, could, thing. you couldn't find a 10 minute summary of, of, of no. Mueller's 10 hours of testimony. You no. couldn't do it. It was all exactly what Adam said. That's, that's frustrating, especially with today's media and, you know, quote fake news and how fast things are moving. That's really disappointing. Well, and that's what the thing, like, I don't think there is such thing as fake news. It's just an opinion that you don't agree with. Right. It's adding opinion to what used to be kind of just like traditional right. summarization. Yeah. Right. That said, got into the hotel room last night, listened to a little bit of the debate. First thing I clicked on was top 10 winners and losers from the debate. Yeah, sure you did. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. First thing I clicked on. So yeah. I'm guilty. So you guys want to talk about these debates? The yeah. first debate was run last night with the first 10 uh, people you care about would be uh, Beto was on it. Uh, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Mayor Pete, um, all the other. Um, and I guess Miss Williamson, too. I guess we'll throw her in there, too. But everybody else was really far down in the polls. And as far as their funding, uh, oh, here we go. So what did you think about the debates? <laughs> right. You go ahead. Sure. So I, I think, you know, so the, there were basically four people that have a chance uh, last night, if you want to include Beto, who's, you know, probably got some, some work to do. Uh, outside of that, do you, do you guys think that anybody made a difference? I think, I think Marianne Williamson, like legitimately yeah. has been, has made herself like a, at, at the very least, she's going to sell the heck out of she's her next noise. Book. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought Jim Delaney was really good at kind of uh, presenting his aisle of the Democratic Party last night. I, that was going to be my big point yeah. was you kind of had the the moderate Democrats with Delaney, Tim Ryan, and Hickenlooper. Is that his name? Here you go, Pundit Reed, putting people into classes, yeah. But clearly it was yeah, yeah, them yeah. versus yeah. Bernie Sanders and Warren. Right. Um, I loved Delaney. I think he – I don't know yeah. if he's going to emerge from that group – but I think that his talking points were great. And um, yeah, I, I've heard a lot of people, this is kind of a fun 
taking it the other way. I've heard a lot of people say that John Huntsman in 2012 yeah. did a really good job in the debates of keeping uh, people from going like sprinting to the right yeah. in the Republican primary, right? Yeah. Like he was kind of this like moderating force yeah. and that he's like kind of secretly um, the reason that, you know, that well, they ended up losing obviously, but the, it kind of kept things in check in a more moderate tone. I think, yeah. I think Delaney kind of did that last night, which is, which is, and maybe that's his gift to the party, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just what happens to it. Because, I mean, remember, you and I had a lot of hopes for Huntsman after those type of things. Yeah. And then, but then, like, everything fizzled. But, I mean, yeah. Delaney doesn't have the infrastructure, the, the support. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it, it, you know, he is, there are a lot of candidates. I mean, heck, there, we have, to what, 21 <laughs> running total um, yeah. that that are there to have their moment in the sun. And I, I think, like, if he went into it knowing that, this, that last night, I mean, he's not going to probably qualify for the next round of debates. Yeah, this is this is it. You know, the campaign yeah. will be suspended in the next ninety days. Yeah, um, I feel like I feel like he should be proud. You know, of, oh, absolutely, of kind of being that that voice. And I think that maybe I originally thought Biden would be that kind of guy, kind of more moderate. But yeah. I think he's moved a little bit to the left. So I think tonight's debate will be interesting because of the, you know, Harris and and him as the kind of a other people that have a chance. Well, that's kind of the thing. It's it's tonight is painted up as a Harris versus Biden type brawl between the two. And I think not having, it helps Harris so much not having Bernie and Elizabeth there. Right. Um, because like she's set up to be the star and take over so much position tonight. Cause she will just blow Biden away. I think in certain parts Yeah, to where, and I think Biden would love if those two, if Warren and Sanders were there because the, he looks more rational again, gives him, you know, it, he's not as moderate as he used to be or in the middle of the road, but yeah. it, it is like black and white when you look at those two things together. Yeah. So, but when he's with somebody that's kind of on the same pattern to him, he might get run over. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Like I might, one, one of the ways that I try to watch and it's, there's no, you know, I, I like to explore like historical polling. Um, we've never had back to back debate nights with 10 people on stage. Each time, yeah. Right. So there's, there's no kind of like historical perspective to, to really take into this. But one thing that I like to try to think about is when you winnow the field down, right. So if you go from 10 to five on a stage, who, didn't get enough time who didn't have as much yeah. time, but you could see them doing well, um, given a little bit more screen time and more airtime. And that's where I thought Mayor Pete really excelled last night. You know, there was, there was a point where he, I think he disappeared for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, but that said, it was like kind of bookended by some really good snippets. I will also say kind of continuing my, my media rant, which is really not my style traditionally. Um, I, I can't imagine how difficult it is to manage 10 candidates oh, on screen. Oh, Jake Tapper, man. Oh, but at the same time, we got to we gotta work something out here yeah. where the candidates know that it's really, really end time when we get the red light. Yeah. But let them finish their little snippets, right? Because, like, one of the most – like, we were talking about John Delaney before. Uh, by the way, I think I called him Jim Delaney. That's yeah, the did, commissioner yeah. of the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, same guy. No. This man. They kind of – doppelganger situation yeah uh you know for for a campaign like that right the the way to get into the next round of debates is is to create more donors they can be it like single dollar donors it's unique donors right and so for them the most valuable thing the most important and most expensive thing that any campaign is doing right now is not polling or ad testing it's literally creating donors right they're spending 
dozens of dollars to create one $1 donor, mm-hmm. right? Because that for them is what's necessary to get into the next debate. And for them, what they use more often than anything else is going to be video snippets, right? So it's uh, that you see on Facebook, on Twitter, whatever. And everybody last night, got every question off. got cut off. Yeah. And it's just like, it's one of those things like, you know, looking from like, too far, maybe based right. upon the last debates. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think the, the reaction was a little, little, little too swift. Yeah. I have two additional points that we didn't talk about. Number one, um, you mentioned Jake Tapper. I love how he got yelled at at Bernie Sanders um, about Republican talking points. I thought that was great. And then um, I did like how Pete Buttigieg, um, he was really the primary candidate that was talking about unifying the party. Mm -hmm. And I like that because it's inevitable these people are going to go at each other. And if he can kind of maintain that voice of unification and we're against Trump, um, as long as he can stay in the hunt. I think he'll do that. At some point, they're going to really go at each other. Well, they were kind of, I mean, you started to see that divide last night a little bit too. Yeah. I mean, naturally you're going to see a divide when people are debating each other within their own party. I felt like Sanders and Warren were basically one person last night and just, you know, different versions of each other. That has to change at some point. I agree. Uh, Well, that's awesome. Let's close that up on that with the, as far as talking about the debates and maybe, uh, Maybe we record something later on this week. We'll talk about the next one. Yeah. Like totally. a bonus app. Bon- a bonus episode. A spinoff. A spinoff of this. A spinoff of the spinoff episode. Election Probably not. section. <laughs> um, all right. So that is so just kind of uh, recap. We've got the new podcast coming up and we're thinking in September. When's the new podcast? Sorry. Uh, you'll see the first one in the middle of, of August. Middle of August? Yeah. Jeez. That's awesome. We've actually, we've got, we've got interviews nailed down. This is, this is coming quick. And producer Brian's your producer. Producer Brian is, uh, <laughs> he's on a short term contract. We'll see how it works out. Uh, see how he fades my voice in and out. How the, uh, the music selection goes. Oh yeah. I think you gotta pick music. Oh my gosh. I, hey, you know what? Two things, two things. I want my, my podcast <laughs> to be, uh, super interactive. So we're going to set up like, Twitter questions and I'm trying to get a, a voicemail thing where people can call in and like give comments and stuff like that. Sure. Or suggest polls. Like, cause they're one thing about this whole realm of research is that it's its own like very small niche. Um, like there's pollster Twitter, but yeah. like half of the pollsters, you know, don't have LinkedIn accounts. Like they're not, it's not the same as like yeah. the rest of market research. Right. Um, and so I'm trying to, there's no way for a single person to see everything. I'm, I'm trying to get super collaborative. Um, but if there are any things like that along the way uh, that people want to ask, people who want we want to interview, all those kinds of things, please, please, please share them. Then that's uh, and if you have a name, heck, we could use that too. Yeah, we'd love that too. <laughs> That'll do it for season two, episode twenty-five, the Intellicast podcast. As always, you can reach us via email, Intellicast at emi-rs.com. On Twitter, it's emi underscore research, Intellicast one. My own Twitter is Adam Jolly. If you want to reach Adam Dietrich, uh, until we set up a, a Twitter account for his new podcast, which needs a name first, <laughs> it is AC Dietrich. That is AC Diet Rich with an at sign on the front. Yeah, of course. People don't work Twitter. Okay. Not dumb. Not our listeners. Maybe yours and your new podcast. That's what we'll do. We'll start attacking you. Know what? That's yeah. fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'm in. Um, and then uh, also, uh, if you're listening to this, please also look out. We actually recorded the first few minutes of this podcast today, just a uh, video recording. 
uh, that we're going to be putting up on some different, very uh, various social media things. Kind of started to mix more video into our podcast as well because I think that will tell a lot about how serious we take oh, this. Oh yeah, like our studio. I can't wait to get feedback on the studio. Yeah, <laughs> and our setup. It's pretty impressive. It's kind of nice. Oh, awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, Adam. Uh, looking forward to the podcast, and uh, we'll start to get some subscribers up a page up. It'll be awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>